Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Gators. Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't we clap our hands and magnify the Lord on this first morning. First word morning. We love you, Jesus. Come on, let's worship him. He's worthy of the praise. He's worthy of the glory, the honor, and all that we can give him today. Amen, amen. Oh, we certainly greet you in the name of Jesus. You can certainly feel that it is fall, winter's on the way, and it's chilly this morning, and uh, I'm happy about it. It'll be a different story in April, but I'm happy about it right now. Aren't we glad to be here? We honor the Lord today. Amen, amen, amen. I uh, want us to turn to the word of the Lord, to the book of Genesis chapter 3. I want to say it's so good to have my mother and father here today. They're going to be heading south uh, on, on, on Tuesday. Just, just remember, it didn't work out well for Abraham when he went south. We want you to have a good time and come back. Can the church say Amen. That was a hearty amen. And uh, thank you for last week, your kind words and past appreciation. My wife and I appreciate that so very, very much. And what last week just, I felt like last week was a top of the notch, award-winning weekend at the Anchor from our, our marriage retreat to, to coming in to the panel. Brother Huckabee, Pastor Huckabee did such a powerful job preaching. First word, 55 members in the choir. All those that sang in the choir, that's a dream right there. We're so thankful and wasn't that a great choir on Sunday night, move of God? Probably the word that I've heard from people that were here Sunday said, I just left, I felt refreshed, just felt revived. And uh, we're so thankful for that. We want that to happen all over again today. In Genesis chapter 3, it says, verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God... Oh, let's stop right there. Number one, shouldn't be listening to a serpent. And don't let, don't let a stranger speak on behalf of God. The Bible says to know them that labor among you. I think you got to be careful to look at the television and a screen and just because somebody has a lot of likes and posts that you let that become the voice of God in your life. We don't need the questions of the word of the Lord. I mean, no, we need to know the voice of God. We need to know the voice of God. Praise the name of the Lord. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. He caused her to question God. It was not light on the situation. It was questioning what God had said. And when the woman saw, you have to be careful you have to be careful to label what you're calling revelation. 
because revelation and deception can both feel the exact same. If something is questioning your faith in God, you just, I'm not listening to it. If it's not in the word of the Lord, amen, if it's not in divine order of God, I'm not going to let somebody speak on behalf of God that's caused me to oppose the voice of God. How many know we need to know the voice of the Lord? Now, I'm going to move on down. And the, Bible's, the Bible tells us, verse 8, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Notice the voice of the Lord in, in the garden always was directed toward the man. God spoke to the man. Adam, he didn't say Adam and Eve. Adam, where are you at? And I, I guess I have to stop here and say, husband, where are you at? Dad, where are you at? Where are the men that are supposed to have the authority in the home? Where are you at? That's what he was saying. Look on what it said. Well, I feel boldness up on me right now. He said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? What voice are you listening to? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee? He didn't say I commanded y'all. I don't think God says y'all anyhow. <laughs> he said that I commanded thee, not both of you or Eve. And he goes on and says that thou shouldest not eat. And the man said... The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. I want to stop here and talk today about conflict. The first conflict in any relationship we find right now. Why is there conflict in the marriage? Why is there conflict in the family? And I want you to, I want you to lift your hands and tell the Lord, I don't, I don't want conflict in my family or in the body. Would you do that, Lord? We, we want you to be here in the name of Jesus in our lives, in our hearts I pray that Lord that you would move upon this first word today in Jesus name oh how many feel the Lord moving among us let's clap our hands and thank you for what we feel right now amen you may be seated when we, when we started when we started financial peace here at the church many Many years ago, uh, I would say a decade plus, there were, I remember the first session, Cindy and I, we took, went to the first session, Dave Ramsey's teaching, and, and did that 14 week, it's now nine weeks. But I remember at the end of that, we would have discussion, and I remember a couple that was there in their 50s, they said, I remember him looking to it for his wife, he said, I wonder where we would be if we would have just known this years ago, financially, saving, and being debt free and putting just a little bit back for retirement and uh, he, he, he was making a statement how much better off we would be if we would have had this wisdom. I, I understand as well in a church this size in a demographic that we live in, we live in a demographic that has 64% divorce rate. That's, a, that's, a, that's high. That's 14%, 13% higher than the national average. And when you start talking about family uh, there can be people that can you can feel conflicted because of my teaching. I hope you don't come out here saying feeling condemned or guilty because that's not ever of God. 
I hope you leave here saying, I wish I'd have known that. I wish, I wish somebody had, had taught me this. I, I wish I'd have gotten church sooner or I'd applied this. How many want that in your life? Don't, don't take teaching of the word of the Lord because the Bible says it can be a rock of offense. How many know that? It can be. And uh, uh, you're going to slip up on it sometime or say, I wish I'd have known that. Or it's going to change you now so the rest of your life can be better. I want to be better. I want to learn from this. And, and so probably in the last few weeks, uh, who sinned, Adam or Eve? Be careful. Who sinned? And let's look at some verses in the scripture. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it, it, it tells us uh, in verse 3, it says, But I fear lest by any means as the serpent what? Beguiled Eve through his subtlety. Uh, subtle meaning. I don't, I don't believe there was one conversation. I believe it was here little and there little. I think that she walks by, something gets her attention, and I, I remind you that in Genesis chapter 2, Adam was the one commanded by God, don't take of the tree. Somebody shout, it was a commandment. Adam, don't take of the tree. The day that you do is the day that you're going to die. Stay away from that tree. God did not tell Eve, don't take of the tree. God's word was to Adam, and then when God commanded Adam, and you'll find that in the garden that, that he, placed, he placed him there. I've said it probably the third time. Where does matter? God placed him there. I don't believe you just go anywhere and have revival, anywhere have a successful family. I just don't think it works that way. I believe God has a place prepared for you. Do you believe that? And so he prepared the Garden of Eden in an earth of paradise, and uh, he places Adam there, and he brought every animal before him, and whatever Adam named it, it was so. And what did I teach you? Even Jesus did not call his mother Mary, or he didn't call her mother. What did he call her? Woman, why? Because when God brought the female to Adam, woke him up, he looks at her, and Adam called her woman. Whatever Adam named it, that's what God allowed it to be. You're talking about having authority is whatever you speak, God backs it up. That's a great privilege, and it's also a great danger because you become snared by the words of your mouth. Oh, my lands, when you look at your children and your children are there and you, you, you look at them and say things like when they make a mistake, shame on you. That should never be said to a child. Why should we not say shame on you? Why? Because it was the worst part of the cross was the shame that was on him. You can better word that. You're better than that. We don't act this way. We don't lie. We don't cheat. cheat. Not you're a liar. Not you're a cheater. Not you're a thief. Don't say that. When I was at the juvenile jail, and um, when I was at the juvenile jail working there as a chaplain, I did my own survey. I, I had all these group of kids that would come in there, sit, and week after week after week after week, three years I would work in the juvenile jail. And um, I began to ask them, what made you think you would be here? And 95% of the boys said that their parents said, you're going you're gonna to go to jail. You're going to end up in jail. They were speaking that, and they were living out the life that was spoken over them. I'm going to tell you, it matters what you say. It matters what you speak. 
And can I say from the outset of this, it doesn't matter if you're angry and you speak it. We use that as a trump card that we can say whatever we want. I'm angry. My, I feel this right now. How many have said things out of anger you wish you'd have never said? Only half of you raised your hand. Amen. Let's stop right now. Let's all repent. I didn't know I pastored perfect people. Because James says, if you've never offended in word, the same as a perfect man. I mean, no, you can control the horse with the bridle of the mouth. That's what it says. The entire body can be turned by the bridle put in its mouth. And uh, what I'm saying to you is we use anger in modern day relationship as an excuse to say whatever we want. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter if you're angry or sad. you got to watch what you say. Was it Job that said, I put a watch at my mouth. I've got a gatekeeper. Don't say that. Don't speak that. Why? Because what you say matters. If you, Mom, you taught me. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. And how many know we've got to watch what we say? And I say this and I remind you is Adam had the power to speak Whatever he spoke, he had authority to speak just like God had authority when he said, let there be light, and it was so. When he divided the heavens, it was so. When he spoke, it was so. How many know it was so? And whatever Adam spoke, it was so. But when the serpent was there around the tree that God told Adam, do not take of that, when the serpent came and started talking, he said nothing. He became silent. I submit to you again today that the problem in the home, the first family, in the first home, in the Garden of Eden, was not Eve. She was not the problem. It was Adam. When the serpent came and started talking to her, he should have stepped in and said, we're not having this conversation. He should have looked at the serpent. I like the thought because a little bit of manliness, grabbed that thing by the throat, throw it out of the garden. Because he had authority to do that. How many know he had authority to do that? But he didn't even have to do it physically. All he had to do was say, get out of this garden. And that serpent would have had to run because it had legs before it was cursed. Would have had to run out of the garden, swam across the river, never been able to come back into that garden again. He had the authority to tell it to go. That's why the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ, perfect in all of his ways, when the serpent showed up, started having a conversation, he started quoting word just like Eve did. But when it got down to it, he was the man, and you know what he said? Get thee behind me. We need some men, we need some women that can stand up and say, not in my house, not in my marriage, not in my family. Come on now. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you need to open up your mouth and say, if God be for us, then who can be against us? Somebody shout, get me behind me, Satan. Quit being silent. I feel this today. We are so numbed by media. We are so numbed by hobbies. We are a hobby-driven culture. We are a media-driven culture. We are sit down in a relaxed vacation-driven culture to where we just don't want to deal with any conflict. We don't want to do it, deal with anything that causes us to feel bad. Can I wake up and tell you, you need to toughen up and deal with real issues and you need to confront things that are not holy, that are not righteous, and say, I don't care whose feelings are hurt. It's not happening in this house. I don't care who cries. 
I don't care who gets mad. Not in my house. We're not letting that spirit, we're not letting that voice. We're afraid of crocodile tears. We're afraid of hurting people's feelings. We've got to a place where we are so, so, oh, what is, you, 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 you can't even say Merry Christmas. Might offend somebody. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. We got to quit worrying about offending everybody. We, we've got people that are, and it has driven into the church. Pastor can't preach what he wants to preach, can't preach against sin, can't preach against truth, preach for truth, because who's going to hurt? Don't want to teach holiness because it might hurt two or three people's feelings. Can't preach truth because it might hurt somebody's feelings watching online. Somewhere you just got to get with love and teach it with love. We need truth preaching. We need the word. Somebody got to open up their mouth because it brings power. It brings authority. I'm going to tell you why a lot of churches are closing their doors. Empty buildings. I've never seen so many empty church buildings. I'm going to tell you why. Because men have become passive. Well, I'd speak. The people are going to get mad at me. Let them get mad. Let them get upset with you. I'm not telling you to be mean. I'm telling you to speak up. And when you come in, he knew exactly what that was. He named it. The word serpent, when you study the etymology of the word serpent, you know what it means? It means divination. It's the same thing that shows up in Acts chapter 16. And a woman of divination shows up. The word divination means python. Python. That's what, when it says the woman of divination... Divination in Acts chapter 16 when Paul came into Macedonia at Philippi and he shows up and this, watch, this woman comes in and she said, oh, these are the men of God which bring us the word of truth. What she said was right. The spirit of what she said it was wrong. You can say the right thing with a bad spirit. You can say it with a wrong spirit. And the Bible says he was grieved. Finally, he turned to the woman and he spoke to the spirit. Our problem is we turn our voices to people and not spiritual things. You know why we don't speak to spiritual things? Because we're afraid of hurting the people's feelings. And some of you know exactly what's wrong in the home, but you're afraid to speak up because you don't want to deal with the conflict. Because intimacy might not feel the same in the next few weeks. Dinner, turkey might not taste as good at dinner. And you know what's in the house is not of God. And now we've lived in a, in a, in a generation that has equality, that says equal roles. I'm going to tell you, it's different roles. If it was equal roles, if it was, the Bible says that Adam was made first. Eve, woman, withman. Wife was made as a helpmeet. It doesn't make her lower than him. It makes her in the order in which God created him and her. But when God showed up into the family, he would speak to the man. I'm just going to tell you, it's still how he operates. Not that, it's any, it's not that he won't speak to a woman because he can't. But he's going to speak to a woman when she's in her divine order and the order of creation. There's no such thing as two heads in a house. It's not. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is the, is the chapter that starts a narrative about God's order of creation. It goes all the way to chapter 14. Talking about the gifts of the Spirit, 
talking about ministry from chapter 11. And Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He's talking about as a minister, pastoral authority, doing what I'm doing right now. Follow me as I follow Christ. The head of every man, the head of Christ is God. The head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. I don't care what country you're in. That's biblical truth. Pastor, what do I do if I don't have a husband? You need to be submitted to spiritual authority. Amen. And that's what it's talking about. Let the women keep in silent the church. Let them, let, them teach, let them be taught in silence because it wasn't a place of a woman to question authority. So a woman was not to usurp authority over a man. And I will tell you, when you're, I, I've seen this for many years, that when a man has been passive and the, life, the wife has been a spiritual leader in the, in the home, she took the kids to church while he stayed home. She, she, she prayed all the years while he stayed home. She did all these great things that were spiritual while he stayed home because he wasn't fulfilling his role. And all of a sudden, everything she's ever prayed, are y'all with me? Everything she's ever prayed for that he would become comes to the house of God. It gives his life to God. He starts reading his Bible, praying, and gets into that God-given role that God has given him. When he starts taking the authority back, she gets mad. You know why? Because she doesn't want to give that authority back to her husband to make decisions. Then there becomes a quarrel in the house because who's the spiritual leader now? Because if a man's not in his role, God will bypass him and speak to the lady for the sake of the children. The Bible calls it sanctification. Are y'all with me right now? And what happens is, is God can speak to her, give her directions through the word of the Lord, through the pulpit, the preaching, and dreams. God can speak to women. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. And God will for the sake of the children. But God's design is that he speaks to the father for the children. Do you know that even in the, in the scripture, if a woman made a vow and the husband heard it, and he didn't think it was balanced, he could break her vow? He said, that's unreasonable. You, you don't have to do that. I know you got caught up in emotion of that, but I don't feel it was right. You do not have to. God gave the, the husband the power to break her vow. Matter of fact, if the children made a vow, say they're going to give so much, whatever it would be, I'm going to fast this many days and uh, make a vow, that the, the husband had also the authority to say to the kids, no, and you do. I mean, no, your kids can go to a move the mission meeting and make a, make a vow. They're going to give $5,000, and they're 13. They don't have a job, and they don't have a savings account, and they don't have a clue what they're doing. And you say, that was sweet. I'm so glad you want to give, but let's be reasonable. Let's, let's do this. And you can break that vow. But if you hear the vow, and you say nothing of the vow, and you don't lift your voice up, then they are required to give that because you remained silent when you knew what was right for the family. And God will hold that person for the vow they made because of the silence of the man. Because God expects you to lead your family in balance, in prayer, and spiritual things by speaking up. And God will listen to that. Did God talk to Eve in the garden initially? They heard the voice of God. They both were there. He talked to Adam. Man, I feel the Lord. There's a witness of the Spirit in this. And what happens is when somebody starts stepping back in that role, that person tries to keep that authority because they're afraid to lose that. They, they've gone. I'm going to tell you right now, we need righteous men in the home. We need righteous women in the home. How many know we need this? And so there, there came. I want you to lift your hand and say, I want to receive the word of the Lord. There is a, I feel the anointing of God upon me right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to tell you in the culture we live in, there's going to be things come into the home that are not right. You're going to have kids that have desires that aren't right. 
ideas that aren't right, dreams that aren't right. They're going to bring stuff in the home that's not right. How many know it's true? You know why? Because you brought stuff in your home that wasn't right. You said things that weren't right. You did things that weren't right. I'll never forget bringing the video game in our house that wasn't right. And David and I snuck it in the house. It was a Mortal Kombat video game. We snuck in the house. They didn't know it. And uh, we slipped it into the home. When we bought it, we knew it was wrong. You know why? Because we were filled with the Holy Ghost. And there's more to the Holy Ghost than speaking in tongues. We brought that into the home. And uh, snuck it in a Sega Game Gear. And I'll never forget the next day Dad wakes me up. He said, boy... Because he woke up in the middle of the night and there was a spirit standing beside his bed. Am I telling the truth? There was a demonic spirit in his bedroom looking at him. He wakes up. It was like, like translucent. Is that correct? Transparent. You could, if it was there. And he said, what are you doing in my house? It disappeared. And the Holy Ghost led him to my Sega Game Gear, which was a portable gaming system. I thought I was cool. But I was about to be deflated. Led him to that game. Am I telling the truth? He grabbed it and threw it in the river. And he said, boy, don't you ever bring something in this house that brings a spirit into this home. He said, go read the manual that. And in that manual was seances on how to conjure up spirits. Well, it's just a game. Grandma bought it for him. They didn't, but I'm just going to talk from your lingo. Auntie bought it. Grandma bought it. Grandma bought that phone that doesn't have any, anything. She paid $1,000 for the phone, and we don't want to get rid of it. Now, I know the kids downstairs looking at things that shouldn't be, but I don't want to hit hurt the in-laws' feelings. Hurt their feelings. Hurt their feelings. They show up with a $1,000, or $1,500, or $2,000 iPhone and bring it into your house. Give it to your kids for Christmas. Didn't even ask you. You and your wife had made a vow that your kids couldn't have a phone till 15 or 16 or 7, whatever it is. You made a vow not to have a phone, and they surprise, and they want to get it, and they, they open it up. They don't even tell you, and there's a phone right there, and you look at each other. You look at them, and the kid's going, wow, I've been wanting a phone my entire life. Grandma and Grandpa, you're the best. They're kissing, they're hugging, and Mom and Dad are conflicted because they know what's on the phone and Grandma don't know. They don't realize the suicide apps that's on there. They don't realize the secret apps that you can go through and have secret hideaways and chats with people they don't know. And I'm going to tell you young people, you better listen to, my, to your pastor. Quit playing games where you are having chats with people you've never met from around the world. It is not the will of God. It is not the will of God. Chat rooms. May I feel this right now? Not in my house. My kids are having conversations with strangers. Not in my house. Not in my house. How did the serpent get in the garden? I believe Adam let him in there. He allowed him in there at least. He should have said, get out of my house. And it was such a powerful revelation in family that if for one reason, one moment, one moment, if, if, if he would have spoken up and Eve was not sinful, Eve was deceived by tolerance. The home was affected by a silent man, not a deceitful woman. 
it was not Eve's fault. Because when she took of the fruit, she brought it to him. She said, you've got to taste this. You gotta taste how good this is. It's pleasurable. It's good. When she had, she had, she's still chewing the juice. And when she took a bite of it, nothing happened. And she brings it to him. And when he takes a bite of the fruit, shame came in. The Bible says that Eve was deceived. The Bible says that Adam was disobedient. Eve was deceived. Adam was disobedient. And I'm gonna tell you right now. The number one thing, you'll hear me preach it. Do you know that Israel is under attack, is, is in war right now? The, the Lord is coming. My, I feel the Holy Ghost upon me. When they said, what shall be the sign of thy coming? What shall be the end of the world? Jesus said, be not deceived. The enemy knows what hour it is. He knows exactly what time it is. He knows that the hour is short and he's trying to slip into every home, deceive every kid, every woman, every man. But I'm telling you, you have power from God as in the beginning to voice up and say, not in my house. We're going to have revival. Not in my house. We're going to have revival. Amen, amen. You know what I've realized? Women want men to speak up. They don't want to be just the only voice to the children. They don't want to be that. It's not their role to, to be the only disciplinary. While you watch football, while you go fish. Well, I'm meddling right now, but I'm, I've, got, I've got the mic. While you're thinking about hobbies, you're thinking about making money. You're thinking about all the things that you do. And the only voice of God, the only voice of reason, the only voice of discipline is the lady. That is not the will of God. Well, I'd let you, but your mama said no. Don't do that. Because you think you're winning, but you're losing. Everybody say conflict. I hope, I hope somebody gets conflicted today. And you go home and say, devil... You can't be in this house any longer. Honey, that movie that's been bothering me, that show that's been watched, the things the kids been doing, the way they've been talking to you is done. It's over. It's not going to happen anymore. We're going to be a team. We're going to have a righteous home. And you watch God move in that place, and your kids are going to be happier than they've ever been. Come on. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I've said it already, but I'm going to say it again. Speak up. Quit being silent. No one should be able to tell your bride how beautiful she is and you have not already told her how beautiful she is. No one should be able to tell your children how great they are before you've already told them how great they are because the power of affirmation. Every person that comes from fatherless backgrounds seek affirmation, seek validation. And I'm going to tell you, it's just the truth. They want to know they're doing okay. They want to know that they're valuable. The power of your voice... What if it's still true, and I believe it is, that you say you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You can do all things through Christ which strengthen you. You are going to be the head and not the tail. God's going to bless you in the city and the field. Come on, I'm telling you, somebody got spoke up with a little praise. I wish somebody would jump to your feet and shout, God's been good to me and my family. God's been good to me and my family. God's been good to me and my family. Hallelujah. God's been good to me. God's been good to you. 
Hallelujah. I, 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 Pastor, but you don't know I'm shy. Well, man up. Open up your mouth and speak. I'm quiet by nature, not the will of God. Speak up. If a bee stings you, you're not going to stand silent. I mean, no, it's true. Yeah, pinch you hard enough. You're going to open your mouth. Something's got to bother you enough to say it's not going to happen anymore. I wonder what would happen instead of being reactionary speakers that we were intentional leaders. We don't have this in our home, and this is why. I want everybody to say, you cannot reprimand what you have not taught. You can get mad at the kid, and he didn't know there was anything wrong. Expectations should be communicated, not just anticipated. This is what we want. This is what our home. This is where we're going to live. This is what we're going to do. And uh, we're going to church on Sunday. We're going to go to church. We're going to be at church on midweek. The house of God is open. We're going to go to the house of God. How do you know? Because dad said. I promise you, if dad starts singing, the kids start following. Everybody say conflict. Now, you can be seated. And uh, I feel a boldness of the Holy Ghost on me, if you haven't noticed. Your... Your voice matters. Everybody say, my voice matters. I, I really feel, I'm going to stop right here. And I want, I want every hand lifted and every heart open. Lord, in Jesus' name, I want to be a better leader in my home. I want to open my voice in kindness, not just conflict. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, lift your voice and just begin to love the Lord. Lord, you've been, you've been a blessing to us. You've been a blessing to us. Hallelujah. You have blessed our home. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. How many believe you can do it better? Would you raise your hand? How many have ever remained silent in a moment that you should have spoke up, but you know it was conflicting? Come on, be honest with Pastor. We all have. Should have spoke up. The Bible says men are the wounds of a friend. And this doesn't apply just to the role of Adam, Eve, and the garden. It applies to friendship. If you see somebody ruining their life and you say nothing, because sometimes we can be deceived. Don't think that Eve's the only one to be deceived. Paul said, I, I fear in 2 Corinthians 11, he said, go back up there if you will, in 3, he said that I fear lest by any means as the serpent begot Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And um, 1 Timothy 2 and 13, and it says it this way, it says, for Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Why her deception led to her falling away. Her deception led to her falling away. The deception, it started with deception, not disobedience. And the seed planted, the serpent planted just enough that felt like that she wasn't being treated right. That's all it was. You're being withheld from more. She's in the paradise of paradise, never had a headache, never had labor pains. 
never had issues. And the devil makes her think, God, even Adam, is keeping her from something more. Are you all with me? Be careful. When you've got everything, you don't know what you have until it's gone. I feel conviction in this room. I'm asking you a question today. Are you deceived? Are you disobedient? Are you fulfilling the role that God's called you to fulfill? Somebody in your world needs you to be righteous and holy and know what his word is. She quoted scripture that was given to her by the high priest of her home, and that was Adam. And when the enemy started getting her to doubt the word of the Lord, that's when she started letting deception fall into her mind. Get a hold of his word. And I say to every parent, we need devotion in the home. We need conversations with our spouse about the word of the Lord. Men, I've said it already. Stand up and be what God's called you to be. We're in our church with about 50% men, and for that I'm very grateful. But if you haven't noticed, our culture is trying to silence every man's voice. Am I right or wrong? Every Christian home. My fear is you walk away saying that I said God doesn't talk to women. That is not what I said. I said, but when he's going to come into the family, he's going to speak to the man. And if you do not follow what he said, there's going to be issues in that house. I don't want... That song says, pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my... Humble cry while on others thou art calling. Do not pass me by. I don't want my wife to have to bear the burden that belongs to me. Widen your shoulders. I want every man in the building to stand up. Look at all the men in this room. You know what I know about you men? You don't want sissy preaching. You don't want me to be a passive preacher. If it's in the word, tell me what's in the word. And if you will speak up in love, I'm not telling you to be mean. I'm telling you to be bold. You're going to make decisions that's going to hurt her feelings. You're going to make decisions that's going to hurt their feelings. I told dad today, I said, dad, you hurt my feelings. At times it made me mad, but I thank you to help me. Yeah, I told you that this morning, didn't I? And uh, I appreciate that. There was, time I, there was times I was so frustrated. Uh, but you know what I knew? I knew he loved me. Because he didn't just talk to me when he was correcting me. I've got a, I've got a book that you gave me. It was a, a marriage book about ministry. I will never get rid of that book because the words that you wrote in the front of that have strengthened me in times of weakness. You know why? Because voices matter. Say it in love. Bask it in prayer. When there's a conflict, don't do it when you're mad. Bathe it in prayer. But speak up and say, this is what's best for our family. How many want to do what's right for your family? I want every lady to stand, every man to remain standing. Hallelujah. I know I gave you papers and that didn't get to it. If you would just leave them in the seats, we will uh, set them at the end of your row. We'll have somebody pick it up. We'll get to it next week about closeness versus flexibility. How many feel the battle that's in, 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 in our culture right now against family? How many feel that? The spirit of intimidation, don't let it get to you. You are who God has called. You are who God wants. I'm telling you, there's a revival coming like we've never seen. I, I prophesy to you 
there's a revival. I, there's a difference between revival and harvest. Harvest is people coming to the Lord. But revival is when the home becomes what God always intended to become. And I'm telling you, I feel that right now very, very strong. Would you lift your hands and begin to rejoice? Everybody, begin to lift your voice. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, lift up your voices and love him. We magnify you today, almighty God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.